Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date, informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. I'm Jackie Lewis, Clinical Nutritionist for BN Multi. Each couple of weeks we meet and I host a show where we welcome guests from the bariatric world. And this week's no different. This week we've got another uh, lived experience as well as professional helper in our realm. And not only that, not from Australia, we're breaking into the US of A. So I have this week with me Tabitha Johnson, who's also known very well in the US as the Barry Boss, which I absolutely love that name. (laughs) Um, Tabitha is a certified health and life coach. She provides information and coaching and support pre and post-op bariatric surgery via virtual one-on-one and digital on-demand coaching through the Barry Boss Academy, which we'll get to later. Tabitha is not only a coach, she's a licensed marriage and family therapist, as well as a licensed clinical alcohol and drug abuse counsellor, and now a certified health and life coach. I just think what a beautiful marriage of skills for our community Um, and she's over four years post-op herself which also brings her own story and has successfully maintained 100 pounds in weight loss which is our 50 kilos roughly even more and congratulations welcome Tabitha thanks for joining me thank you thank you so much Jackie for having me very excited to break out out of the U.S. we're we're breaking in and out of things aren't we I'm like this is great we're going to the U.S. and you're like I'm amazing I'm going to Australia (laughs) Yes, I I think it's awesome. I think it is. And there's just so much on offer now and the world is a very small place. So it's great to have you on. Tell me a little bit about your background. So um, as you mentioned, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor. I struggled with my weight most of my life. You know, I ended up in a car accident back in 2015, injured my back and they were looking at potential back surgery. And the surgeon just said, you know what, you're too young. Um, and it's not a guarantee that this is going to fix the issue. So I was dealing with all the opioids and pain and depression. It was a mess. And a friend of mine had just had weight loss surgery. So she said, why don't you check it out? See if you, you know, get a consult. So I got approved and four plus years later, here we are. Wow. It's, and it is often a story of it starts with pain in a lot of situations, which I've explored this in the past with um, pain specialists and and other, you know, even just patient story who have had a really full and active life and then something happens. And with all the other stuff that goes with injury and hospitalization and immobile, you know, being immobilized. Yeah. We end up sitting around waiting for life to improve, don't we? Yes. And I think what was different this time, because typically I would gain and lose 50 to 60 pounds easily. I could just drop it. I knew what I needed to do this time. Every time I would attempt to work out, I would re-injure the back. So it just became this never-ending cycle. And I was like, okay, this is not going to work. Because my yeah. my daughter at the time was two and a half. So I couldn't even lift her anymore. And I just, life was just not not good. Mm, no, and I think when you've got little kids, it's so demanding yeah. and so exhausting. Yes. And also frustrating because you want to be there for them. So exactly, fantastic. And so that's what led you to weight loss surgery. How has it been yes. for you? Has it been the dream run? Or has it been a bit of a wobbly old weaving path? Uh, a little bit of both. So, <laughs> you know, initially it was funny being a therapist. I didn't really recognize how much food had played a role in my life. 
Wow. And so I remember the first few times that I was frustrated with a coworker and typically my go-to was just eat, you know, that's just kind of how I'd coped with life since I was early on, maybe around seven. Mm. And so I remember, I think I was probably one to two months post-op and I'd gotten frustrated with somebody at work and I just got really angry and I was just like, I can't eat what I want. Ah. And so I decided to take a drive. And that's really kind of what led me to, to recognize that I'd had this faulty coping for so long. And I think I justified it, you know, because it's, it's legal, it's just food. And so the joke was that prior to surgery, I used to do a lot of in-home therapy working with kids and I always would go to certain fast food restaurants. And so I would kind of eat in secret, hide the evidence, but a couple of months post-op, my back seat was full of water bottles instead of <laughs> fast food bags. So I just was starting to really shift my thinking and okay, I can't use this anymore. What right. can I do instead? So that's, I think that was the hardest part of this journey. But once I really started to understand myself a little bit better, yeah, it, it became a little bit smoother. So I would say you're definitely not on your own. And we hear this so much is that we, we don't even realize. And that, right. I mean, I've been through that as well when I was a teenager, my eating habits, but it's like, it's, we don't even realize. And then suddenly we don't have that capacity physically to turn to food. And that's the first time we go, wow, I was turning to food. Do you see that in practice? Do you see a lot of people who are actually not privy to the fact that they're using food? Yes, I do actually both in the therapy world and the coaching world. And I think what's interesting, and I know there's been a lot of talk about transfer addiction and things like that, but once we start to uncover what is it that I need right now, like what am I seeking, then we can start to really understand, okay, why was food sort of the answer? So another strange story right after surgery. So once I figured out I couldn't use food, I started buying pajamas, just <laughs> fuzzy pajamas every time I went to Target. And I just, I just kept buying pajamas. It was kind of ridiculous. And one of my friends who wasn't a therapist, but brilliant, she was like, Tab, you're seeking comfort. Ah. And, like, and so I just, I didn't know why I was just drawn to this soft fabric. And Isn't that interesting? But I just wanted to feel comfort. So once we understand, you know, what's behind the food, because there's usually some other stuff going on. Yeah. And then we can start to break that down. I've never heard it that succinct though. Like I was seeking comfort and I've got these comfortable, beautiful, soft, comfortable pajamas. And it's then you associate it with the whole sleep thing to get into bed, the nurture and the, you know, it's like a big hug, isn't it? Yes. And that's like an actual, how it's rolling out. I think that's fascinating and that you can see it. buy all the pajamas. No pajamas? You know, I mean, I'll still buy, but not like I was. Yeah. I've learned so much about myself in this four plus years and every day I learn something new. So it's, I, I like to tell people this journey doesn't stop just, you know, once the weight's off, there's so much more. Yeah. And even to say that as a therapist who deals with this is your, you know, your actual skill set and to still be exploring and understanding and having breakthroughs, you can see how it's tricky for a layperson who walks down and, you know, has their surgery and thinks she'll be right and you know and then has these things come up how do we get ourselves ready for that we need that's why we talk about a lot about support and exploring that with someone who can you know unpack that safely yes Yes. 
And I think, you know, for me, because of, again, I had the skill set and I knew that there was certain things that would definitely help me. Mm. But I remember thinking before I started this company, yes, this has been just a phenomenal journey. And it's interesting too, because I feel like a lot of us have become almost family because we understand what hard work goes into this lifestyle. Correct. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's one of the struggles you had as a patient. Did you have anything else that really struck you as, you know, you didn't expect or you got such an amazing benefit and, you know, personal growth and change of life? So initially, I think it was recognizing how fast I was eating and those first few months, just kind of getting used to how much the pouch can hold. And, you know, I was busy on the go. And so when I would eat fast, it was almost like I'd forgotten that I'd had surgery and then the body would remind me. So, you know, I finally got to learn, okay, slow down. You don't have to just rush this process. And so for me, food really has taken on a different connotation because it used to be just the, the answer for everything. Right. And I mean, I would wake up thinking about food. I would go to sleep thinking about food. I don't have that anymore. So it's it's been a beautiful experience to not feel sort of like a slave to this. Absolutely. This There's a lot of freedom in it, isn't there? To think yes. that they do say that there's a lot of our time is spent, you know, thinking about food and what we're going to have next and where we're going to go. And it is a social event and we can do it up to five or six times a day socially if we want to, yes. to reframe it and to then kind of make food more about fuel it's a big transition for sure but it also takes up much less time in your head each day and gives you time to think about you know other wonderful things like planning a holiday or you know yes yeah experiences exactly like I feel like I have a whole new life and you know just being able to be active with my kids Um, I think we moved like the first year post-op, it might've been nine months out and we moved physically boxes and such for 12 hours. I'm slinging bags around and my (laughs) husband's looking at me like, who are you? You know, and I was like, I could have kept going. That wasn't who I was before. You know, I was very sedentary. The work that I do is pretty challenging at times. And so food was, you know, my comfort Mm. pretty just chill in terms of not a lot of activity. And now I'm looking at, okay, what 5k can I do? What happened? marathon do I want to run so I I feel like I'm living again yeah wow and I think when you know you come full circle with all of that sort of your activity levels and the way you eat and your understanding imagine what your kids are observing so this is where that generational you know this has been in my family and this is just what our family does this is where those generational issues are actually broken down and the next generation you know grows up with a whole different thing and, you know, a whole different health picture over the course of their lifespan as well. And that must be pretty, you know, it keeps you motivated, I think, when you know that you're giving this to your children as well and giving them that understanding from the very beginning. And it's, it's funny, I didn't realize growing up how much we were taught clean your plate. Oh yeah. And so there was this guilt initially of I can't clean my plate. So what do I do with this? And so even now when I visit my mom, I kind of joke because she doesn't like throw stuff out. <laughs> so I created this little dorky song and I'm just like, it's okay, throw things away. Cause I realize I don't have to eat it again. Like I don't, I don't need to. Yep. So there's just this freedom of, you know, let it go. Absolutely. And yeah. also have a combination of different size containers that house all those yes. leftover bits and pieces. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> become the master of like re-putting different meals together again. 
So true. Yeah. The first month I remember just having little bits of food all over the fridge and my husband's like, you're never going to eat this again. I don't know why you put it in there, but that mindset, I can't yeah. waste it. So yeah, it's, it's been fun. So the fridge is really just the storage space on the way to the rubbish bin. <laughs> I think we all do that. I like that. Yeah, exactly. I'll just put it in there and someone will eat it. And then three weeks later, we'll get rid of it. So yes. it's universal. And, you know, we can see it's now not just in our country, it's in another country as well. And so tell me, you then moved your work into the realm of coaching. And I found that really interesting when I spoke to you earlier about how you keep your counseling and your coaching totally separate. Mm-hmm. And I understand yes. that they are different. Can you explain to me just a little bit about how each of those work? differently. Sure. Yeah. So what the way I kind of like to explain it is coaching is really going to be more of let's look at the present and what do we want in the future and how can I motivate you come alongside you? Whereas therapy, there's a lot of old stuff. Typically we're kind of navigating some traumas, whether that's like divorce, abuse, depression, anxiety. Um, Coaching is, is there's some overlap. I think that sometimes we do, we're still going to talk about stress and, you know, feelings and stuff like that, but I just have to be very careful because of licensure. Mm. So my license is here in Nevada um, for marriage and family therapy and the drug and alcohol counseling and coaching is universal. And so we have different ethics, different standards and things like that. So that's kind of why I decided to just keep it separate. Keeps my brain. I know which hat I'm wearing, you know, I'm your coach or I'm your therapist. And then typically my clients who maybe they're navigating some pretty heavy life stuff that kind of goes beyond what I can do as a coach, then I'll refer them to a licensed professional Mm -hmm. in their area. So, cause a lot of my clients are actually outside of Nevada. Yeah. So my, my therapy license doesn't go beyond the state. Oh, is that right? I didn't realize that. Yeah. It's, it's, I wish we had a universal licensure, um, like nurses and doctors, but at the moment state specific. So. Yeah. Interesting. And I, yeah, interesting. And within your coaching, do you, well, I like to touch on the addiction side of things. Like you've explored your understanding of food. Would you have classed that as an association or an addiction? Oh, good question. I think when I look back at my behavior with food, I do think it was more along the addictive side, just because mm. there were there was definitely um, ritual behind it. There was a seeking out and very intentional. And also this, this notion that I couldn't stop, you know, honestly, like I think back on what I used to do, cause I did a lot of binge eating mm. for years and, you know, I carried my weight well, I was 230 pounds, but most people were like, oh, you didn't look that big, but I could still, you know, there was a lot of shame attached and all of this stuff. And so, you know, I think over time, because that became the habit, it then moved into that addiction behavior yeah interesting and and I think recognizing that we do talk about transference of addiction after weight loss surgery and I'm surprised to hear it's not as prevalent as you would think which is positive. And I think a lot of the changes, the actual physical changes that take place and the hormonal metabolic changes that also, you know, are not driving, there's not that starving ghrelin led hunger and all the kind of um, imbalance in the blood glucose levels and that sort of thing that is also driving addiction. Like if addiction is there, then you have the perfect picture with all this, you know, constant feeling of just eating as much food as you can, you know, actually fit, but still not feeling satisfied. Satisfied. And that's interesting to me is there's a biological almost addiction going on there. Then there's all the other, you know, the food, I guess, how we're, how food is positioned in our society. 
and the different things they're putting in the food to make us want more of that to actually help if you have any tendency towards addiction or an imbalance in your metabolic picture. So you've got all these different directional things that are just driving you to excessively eat, whether you have addiction or not, and then you may have addiction on top of that. So it's it's fascinating once we sort of start to balance that metabolic side, you can also see that that would also help with the tendency to be driven as hard if you do have addictions. And then I guess you just tweak the last bit of it. Yes. It was funny because I actually got too thin post-op. So when I'd gone to, I think it was my year uh, checkup, the doctor was kind of like, well, you know, you could eat some things that maybe you shouldn't. Mm. And I was just like, you're giving me a license. Like Mm. I'm a dry drunk with food. Like say that because if it's in front of me, I will eat it. So Mm. it's, it's different in the sense that I don't think about it anymore, but it definitely is still a battle when placed in the setting. So that's where I knew like, Ooh, that's still, that's still an issue. Yeah. And that's interesting. I think we all have that, you know, if it's in the cupboard, it's calling my name, you know, and we can't necessarily leave something that's treat related or we know we shouldn't have too much of it or snacking, for instance. Um, That's easy to have those sort of things start to sneak in around the house, particularly at that year mark where we've been so good for so long. Um, And, you know, we start to feel like we're kind of heading back into that inverted commas normality. But hunger also comes back. So that's when things can slip. Do you see in your coaching practice, do you see that, you know, people take up other different ways of hating that emptiness or that need for comfort or, you know, stress related habits? Yeah. Good question. I think a lot of what I've seen is, and especially lately because of the pandemic and just the additional stress that it's mm. placed on everyone, just more of that slipping back into old habits and thinking, okay, I can buy the bag of chips. I'll be all right. I can't eat like I used to. And then like, oh no, I, I ate the whole bag. Mm. And so it becomes this slippery slope of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going back to what I used to do. I need some help because I don't want to go back to that. So I haven't seen a whole lot. And I don't know if, you know, people just aren't saying it, but not a whole lot of transfer addiction for the most part. I do know alcohol can definitely be something to, to watch out for. Yeah. But at the moment, it's mostly been kind of old, old habits that have creeped up. Right. So we okay. just, we kind of work on how do we set up your day for success? So if you're a stay-at-home mom, kids are doing homeschool, you know, we're still during the pandemic. Mm. What can you do in the house to keep you from, from feeling like you need to go get whatever snack? So we set up different ways. That's been hard. And we've I've explored this with another psycho, psychologist. We had Cal Patterson on the show and he was talking about the same thing because of lockdowns. We just don't have this divide and everything's become this mix of home, work, kids, and school is even in the house. So it's like if ever we needed a coping mechanism to deal with all of that, it was now. And now we have to have the wherewithal to work out, you know, how we're going to manage ourselves in this extreme you know, weird, mixed up scenario. And I think we'll come out of that shortly, which is fantastic. But it has been a a tricky time for so many people because there's been that, you know, emotional, financial, the uncertainty, and then this whole mixed up way of living our lives. I just wonder in 10 years what they'll be saying about this period of time. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah, it definitely. And I think just that feeling of being disconnected. And that's why I'm so grateful for things like Zoom, because even though, you know, when things were completely 
completely shut down and we couldn't necessarily hang out with people, at least we could still communicate. Absolutely. You know, I, for me, I'm a social creature, so I, I love my, my peep time. So Absolutely. that's been helpful for sure. Yeah, and I think we all deal with it in a different way. We either recluse or we reach out. But it, And then you look at food and how we link that to connection. So if we're cutting off connection in the real world, are we then leaving, you know, our only connection is to food or, to, you know, drinking, that sort of thing as well. It's um, And I think we underestimate that, the brain and how we can't remove something without replacing it with something else. Yes. So it's like finding out what we'd like to replace and finding something that is suitable and, you know, productive yes. and helpful to replace it with if we're trying to, rather than just restricting and denying. Um, exactly. And, you know, slotting something in its place that's going to give us as much joy. Yes. And I think that is honestly, this journey has brought me different periods of joy. I just signed up for an adult ballet class. Like I'm trying new things. So, and I'm very like type A and kind of awkward. So for me to do dance is pretty amazing because yeah, it's just wow. so outside of my comfort zone, but it's, it's been a lot of fun. That's right. And I think when you've got that confidence within yourself to just explore something like that and not have to excel at it and get it 100% yes. right on the first go, exactly. I think we gain a sense of humor, you know, and a bit more, mm-hmm. cut ourselves a little bit more slack, which is fantastic. So true. Mm. So true. So So let's talk Barry Boss. How did Barry Boss come to be? Yes. So a little over three years ago, I recognized, you know, okay, I'm struggling and I'm a therapist. What are the rest of the people doing? Um, And so I kind of just tossed around some names and my husband and I were talking and I reached out to Blossom Bariatrics where I had my surgery here in Las Vegas and I'd started to just blog. I was just providing information to patients and they were like, hey, we could use somebody like you to support our patients. Most of them are coming from out of state and we can't hold them once they leave. So I was like, oh my goodness. So I quickly went ahead and got my certification and, you know, in health and life coaching and then began these programs individually with clients, which has been so enriching for me because when I'm helping them, I'm helping myself also. Correct. Yes. So it just kind of blossomed, pardon the pun, uh, <laughs> into this beautiful partnership with Blossom Periatrics and and just getting to meet folks like you. So that's fantastic. Amazing. And do you run your coaching in-house for Blossom or do you then take them into the online space? Great question. So it's a little bit of both. So currently I do have some individual coaching sessions that I do with specific clients on a weekly basis via Zoom. And then I created the academy because I recognize, okay, I'm only one person. I want to be able to reach more people if possible. So right as the pandemic was kind of starting, we'd already formed, we were going to do this online version of the coaching. So we filmed all of that and got it packaged up and ready to go. So now I have on-demand Barry Boss Academy, as well as individual coaching with myself. Oh, that's brilliant. Great timing. Yeah. You must have seen it all coming. We didn't see it coming. (laughs) I, I didn't see it, but I was like, well, that was awesome. (laughs) <laughs> Not awesome, the pandemic, but in terms of just timing. So, yeah. And so, a- Barry Boss, if I jump into the academy, what can I expect yes. from the get go? Um, so, you're going to get some videos of me just kind of giving you different, short, easy tips on how to create sustainable habit change. So, and I try to kind of explain like when you work with me individually, I'm going to customize that to your lifestyle. Um, and then when you're on the academy, you're really just kind of taking what you want and applying it to your life. 
life. So there's different things like breathing exercises, being able to slow down your eating. Because I think, again, many of us don't realize how fast we're eating, creating more of a mindful meal, and even just creating new habits instead of this this food, right? There's quite a bit. There's 37 modules. So sorry, oh, wow. I'm not all in there, but yes. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. That's brilliant. And so if I was to jump in and start working on, you know, working my way through those modules, how long would you, I mean, it's how long is a piece of string because everybody's well, individual, but roughly, you know, what's the commitment as far as time goes? I'd probably say about a month, month and a half. Yeah, um, so typically if you do, you know, one of the videos and then apply what that exercise is for the week or that homework assignment. Some of my clients that I've worked with individually also purchased the Academy. So they were doing both and they said they liked that because they could watch the video and it kind of recapped what we talked about in session. Um, So it just kind of depends on your learning learning style mm. and keeping things yeah. like you say when you're helping others you're helping you because it's all keeping these things top of mind and exactly. I always talk about like if you want to change something or if you want to become something or a particular way you need to spend time like almost fake it till you make it you find where those people are and you learn what their habits are and you just keep rehearsing and absorbing and um, eventually yes. unconscious mind goes oh I see what you want me to do here and we create this new way of thinking about things and this new understanding of ourselves and how we want to live our lives. And I think that's the key is seeking out all these different, you know, support mechanisms that resonate and keep these, you know, habit change and, you know, healthy lifestyle choices and that sort of stuff all at the front, you know, and it it's new. And if we if you're having surgery when you're 40, you've got 40 years of stuff to undo and new habits to form. So you need to keep immersing in, you know, reading all about it and living it um, and finding other people, which is brilliant with the internet. We've just got so many opportunities yes. for groups and um, connecting with others um, who are in the same situation. And I think that's where people gain so much is in sharing lived experience. And as much as I discourage, you know, Dr. Google putting your problems into a group and saying, hey, what do I do here? Um, it does help sometimes to a certain extent to get that frame of, okay, I'm not the only one. There's a whole lot of people who are going through the same thing. And you still have to go through it and it's not always easy, but I think it's nice to know that there's, you know, it's not certainly unique, which is nice. Mm. Yes, there's community. Yeah, yeah correct. It's, it's been awesome because I I love the accountability. So when, you know, my homework assignment for my client is, okay, find a movement activity, pick how many times you want to do it this week. I'm doing the same. Mm. And we'll text each other. Hey, I just finished my workout. Okay, I'm heading to the gym. And so there's this, this communication, this reciprocal that's good. Accountability, which is helpful. Absolutely. And within the Barry Boss Academy, do you have like a group and a community where the act, the coach students, if you like, will communicate with each other as well? So there is a feature for that to take place. Um, we're kind of working all that out. But yes, yeah. the goal is to be able to have people talk to each other. And organically, what I've also done with clients in the past too is if I find some similar clients, I match them together so they can become like accountability partners for each other. Mm. So when they're through working with me, at least they have, you know, someone that's kind of around the same time of their journey. That's brilliant. And so as far as the results you're seeing for your Barry Boss Academy babes and babettes, um, 
what kind of results are you seeing? You know, it's it's been interesting because I think initially I thought, you know, this was all going to be about weight loss, but really it's been, I decided I want to get rid of this career that's creating so much stress mm. and I'm going to open my own business. Or I decided to get out of this unhealthy relationship and really work on myself. So there's been a lot of amazing non-scale victory results. Um, of course, people are still losing weight, but they're, they're recognizing I don't have to settle. I don't have to still be miserable with certain choices. So um, it's been it's been really cool to watch people just grow. They do, don't they? And I think that surprises people, takes people by surprise. Yes. Like even I met a man who was, who didn't look like he'd had a gastric sleeve. He was a young, healthy individual who was, uh, he ran into bowling alley in Brisbane and we were just socially chatting with him and um, he asked what we did. And I said, oh, we, we make nutrients for people who've had weight loss surgery. He goes, oh, I've had that. And I was like, I can't believe it. Like he just, you just would never have thought. So I said to him, what are you taking to keep your nutrients in check? And he said, I've never taken anything. And I was like, as I am horrified when I hear that. And I went, oh, you would be a great case for us just to see what our supplements do for people who've had weight loss surgery. And he goes, well, I'll be, you know, I'll be your case. So we ran a set of bloods. And then we supplied him with a six-month supply of the Maltese. And then his bloods were terrible, as we would expect. Mm. His B12 was nowhere to be seen. His iron was low. There was a whole lot of other things. And when that happens, inflammation comes back on the scene. So cardiovascular risk and all that sort of stuff is increased. So I laid that out. And then he said, I'll take your Maltese. And I said, great. And then we'll check your bloods six months down the track and see what's changed. And exactly the same thing. Not only did his bloods change, which is lovely on paper, and as a therapist from a nutritional perspective, I'm really happy to see that, but he had taken on another job, applied for management, you know what I mean, moved house into another area that he just didn't have the energy to even think about before. So a lot of these people are going home in the evenings. They've really found that their work day is the extent of their capacities. They're exhausted. So they just don't entertain these ideas of how could I better myself? What kind of job would I like to have? What sort of relationship would I like? Can I, you know, book in an amazing picnic with my family on the weekend and organize all of that? So you look at what this, you know, the non-scale victories and people are really surprised. So the end of the six months comes and we take his bloods and he goes, oh, that's really nice. And I go, yeah, and what else has been happening? And he was just like, oh my God, like I'm looking back now and it seems all quite organic, but I would never have had the energy to give to creating anything new for myself if I sat there and didn't do anything about it. So yeah. I'm all for the non-scale victory. In our group, we have Transformation Tuesday and every Tuesday we have, it's not so much before and after shots, but it's lovely to see that, but it's also about what people are doing. And some of them are, you know, they're landscaping their backyard now and they're creating all these beautiful, you know, just different than you would have if you had sat with where you were at. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And so, yeah, if we wanted to find you, Tabitha, and get involved with the Barry Boss Academy, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes. So I do have a website. It's barryboss.com. It will take you to a link straight to the Academy. I'm also on Instagram, the real Barry Boss. So you can find me there. If you have any questions, feel free to DM me. Um, Yeah. I'm just excited to see this 
this community is much bigger than I even anticipated. When yeah, started, and so. it's only getting bigger every year. You see yes. the, yeah. the statistics on how many surgeries are being conducted in every country around the year. It's, right. you know, it started out just a few and now it's like ramping up big time. Yes. Um, and you were offering a special deal for our listeners yes. as well. Absolutely. So 30% off of the Barry Boss Academy. Wow. So thank you so much. Yeah. And you, this is. I'll, I've got the link for for that um, discount code. So um, if you're listening to the podcast and you're on Spotify or Apple or, you know, one of the other platforms, if you go to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast website, awlspodcast.com, you'll find the show notes there for all of our podcasts. And I've been meaning to mention this on a couple of occasions because I've had a couple of questions about it. So every podcast we do has its own show notes where we put in the different resources and the ways to contact our guests and any other special offers they're um, extending to our listeners as well. So that's where you find that. And thank you. I'm so looking forward to, we're looking at coming back your way now that borders are opening and that sort of thing. So I'm very excited. to both visit each other. I'd love to come to Australia. Not the easiest place to get to, but it's great once you're here. (laughs) That's what I hear. It feels like a long way away. My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you, Tabitha. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks for listening. And just before you go, we would love to hear your feedback. So please give us a rating and review. For other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration, come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.